Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. It is the season finale. Again, it feels like just a moment ago, it was the season finale for season one, but here we are again. In the blink of an eye. Before we actually dive into what the episode is, I think we should bring up the fact that originally what we wanted for the finale was to bring Heather on and do the twin episode that we talked about doing with Bleeful that we were supposed to do ages ago at this point. And, you know, we kind of talked to Heather a little bit and we situated something, but it just didn't really pan out. You know, she's kind of got a lot going on right now and more power to her hopefully everything works out she's you know getting back in the workforce going back to school so so hopefully it all pans out for her we hope she is very successful at whatever she wants to do told her in the future you know if she can find a way to make some time then she can do the you know bring back the true crime segments and all that stuff and you know she's welcome to come in and and guest whenever she wants but moms are busy apparently so yeah so for but for the time being you know it's just going to be it's back to christian and i but if there's any listeners in wasilla that want to fill this third spot you know feel free to jump in we have some guest slots coming up next yeah. next season so yeah so if you're in alaska and uh not not a crazy person yeah not a crazy person you know we we have a good time here but we also keep things pretty grounded we do our best so if you want to be a part of the show or come guest on an episode you're more than welcome to i can't say that you can do it for the summer because that's pretty much already filled you know season three we're going to be working on new topics and we we're really trying to build out a game plan for this to make it even better you know like that's that's the whole thing is we just want to keep compounding on top of what we've already created until it's the perfect vision for us you know what we want this to be and done that with the the seasons with the episodes all that stuff you know built a, a studio started doing videos and all that stuff and now we're you know, we're just working, always advancing, always working on new projects and stuff. Huge shout out to everyone that has taken the time to not only either listen or spread the word of the show. As of right now, that is the only way that the show gets spread is by telling your friends and having your friends listen and, and all that stuff. And it really does mean a lot to us. Everyone that's commenting on socials, uh, following the podcast, suggesting topics, sending in stories, the whole nine. Two seasons deep, even better things are yet to come, man. You ever think about starting a cult? I have, yeah. I think I think we're... we're we're about we're on there. our way. Yeah. Yeah. We're about, I'd say one fifteenth of the way there. Yeah. We need to advance this 15x before we can really just make that dream a reality. But hey, in due time, you know, in due time. What's going to be our cult colors? Because usually it's like white or something. I, know, and right? I don't something really wear clean. white. Well, it can't be like black either because that, that's almost very sinister, you know. Maybe a taupe. Aren't, I don't even know what that is. A nice clay, like a beige. Yeah, that's something, something earthy. I don't know. That is yeah, that or hot pink. Weirdest, weirdest color I've ever heard. Hot pink. No, whatever you said. Oh, taupe. Yeah, yeah. Can tell somebody's a graphic designer. Sure am. Yeah. Either way. So, so yeah. Change of plans clearly for the season finale, but uh, you know, Christians put together something fun for you guys, and we're still here. We're still making it. And I think in season three, since Heather is is pretty busy, we're just going to end up doing a twin episode. And we'll just, the story that we recorded from Heather, we'll use that. Or if she wants to, you know, make time to come in for an episode, we can record the episode and get her as the the co-host once again. Maybe, maybe, maybe that can be a summer special too, if we get it done. Maybe. We'll see. You never know. We we may throw throw something else in the into the summer for you. We'll see. True. Depends on what life hands us. True. But not to you know meander on for too long. Uh, do us a favor if you haven't already. Follow us on social media at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and at TFD Paranormal on TikTok. And you know there's going to be graphics posted for this episode, bonus videos on the YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to that. But 
on these on the graphics post for this episode comment what your favorite episode has been this this season you know we'd like to hear from you guys we want to know like you guys are kind of steering the ship we're making this stuff but you're kind of steering the ship so whatever you guys want to hear we're willing to put out there as long as you know it's not absolutely bonkers because look there's some i mean we love you guys but there's some people out there that they get the weird ideas and i love weird ideas but some of them you gotta you know again ground it let's ground it a little bit add some reality in birds aren't real birds are real are they oh, wait no i got that mixed up you did christian's out now i need two co-hosts lost two to crazy yeah no. it happens in this line of work it does but for the, the for the final time this season let's roll this intro music and let's get started in the episode because this is freaky deaky Bro. freaky deaky So welcome back to the Freaky Deaky finale. Christian, what are we what are we diving into today, man? I didn't write anything. Oh. No, actually, we're going to jump into something I've been talking about and thinking about for a while because it's remote viewing. Ah, uh, yes. That is something we've been talking about for a while. Yeah, and we haven't really touched on the subject. I think we mentioned it a couple times, but so we're going to we're going to talk about Pat Price, who for a short time was a star in the remote viewing program. Which is probably relatively easy to do because how many people are in the remote viewing program? Supposedly, there's no no such thing anymore. Exactly. So the one person that says he's part of it, you could be a star. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's. Uh, we're not going to go completely in depth in the remote viewing right now. We can always come back to that later if you want us to. Yeah. Because we have plans for that too. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, including some experimentation where one of us or both of us will learn how to remote view. Yeah. And we will tell you about it. So far, Christian's ahead in this game. That's what he thinks. I've been remote viewing every night. <laughs> just You see me floating through your walls and shit. Like, oh, there I was. I have a remote viewing protector around my house. It's mm. an electric grid. Gotcha. It'll send you right back into your body. That's helpful. So anyway, Pat Price was one of the best when it came to America's psychic spy program. He stunned his handlers from the outset with his talents in remote viewing. He was discovered in 1973 and was soon deeply involved with multiple agencies in their quest to look inside the Soviet Union and other hotspots of concern for the intelligentsia. By July 1975, Pat Price was dead, a death that was mysterious and possibly targeted. Who killed this New Age spy? Why? Was Pat Price a double agent spying for the Church of Scientology? First, we're going to go into some of the resources and then maybe a little bit of a history, brief history on remote viewing. So one of the resources for this episode is once again, a book by Annie Jacobson called Phenomena. Mm, that's one of your favorite authors. Yep. It is all about the secret history of the U.S. government's investigations into extrasensory perception and psychokinesis, which is actually part, part of the title. Yeah, and a fun game if you want to try to say it three times fast. Yeah, I can't believe I said it once. I can't believe it either. Um, we also used an article by Jill Stepko that somehow I found in the Wayback Machine. That's fun to use every once in a while. Yeah. I tried doing that with the uh, UFO picture that I photoshopped and sent to that website. And it didn't come up? No. No. 
Bummer. Well, I also used a little bit of a memoir on remote viewing on remote viewing research by Russell Targ, which appeared in the Journal of Scientific Exploration. Fancy. So, yeah. So a couple, couple resources. Remote viewing, or RV, is gathering information by using psychic abilities that inform about a distant site. The RV, the RV <laughs> research. What? Every time I hear RV, I'm just going to picture an RV. I know. I'm not like I'm gonna picture dudes sitting inside a fucking trailer. Actually, I don't, I can use remote viewing too because I think I just put that in as a short thing. Some shorthand. Try yeah. to keep it hip for our listeners. Yeah. Just also, type less letters. Yeah. Let them know you still got it, Christian. Yeah. yeah. Say whatever you want. The remote viewing research at Stanford Research Institute (SRI) and Scientific Applications International Corporation (SAIC) is unique in the speculative science of parapsychology. It's the only long-term psychic research program known to have been funded by the U.S. government's Department of Defense and intelligence agencies, including the CIA. They studied using applied psi, psychic phenomenon, for intelligence and espionage purposes. Most of the information is classified. However, Congress classified a small portion of documents and evaluated Stargate 24-year-long program. With a very interesting name. Yes. The 20 million... Stargate project in the 70s and 90s also investigated out-of-body experiences. That's the fun stuff. Yep. Tested subjects on precognition, the ability to foresee the future, and read hidden documents. Did you see the old, I think it was 80s, Firestarter with Drew Barrymore, Stephen King's story? Oh, I'm, I'm familiar with the story, but I never saw it now. Yeah, they're, I think they're coming out with either a new series or a new movie about it. Yeah. But some of that stuff was some like based on some of this kind of research some like stranger things type shit too. yeah yeah where they did these experiments with people that were supposedly psychic and you know in the end they always say we found nothing to prove that this ability happens how but convenient. they kept testing it including remote viewing yeah you know if the most people say we couldn't find any actionable intelligence but the program went on for a long time and some people still think it's going on yeah, well, it probably is. So there's right to to believe that. But who do you think is it? The would it be the government that comes up with these ideas and then like gets a team for it, or is it like specific scientists that are like, I want to look into remote viewing, and so I'm going to go to the government and look for grants or something like that. I think it varies depending on the situation. Like I believe, especially back here. Anytime after World War II, which is when some of this stuff is starting to ramp up with the Cold War starting, yeah, we got a little crazy on some of our studies to be able to outdo the Soviet Union. And one of the theories on remote viewing is somebody within the government heard that the Soviet Union had psychic spies or were working on psychic spies. Mm -hmm. So somebody within the government's like, we need to do that first. Yeah, yeah. And then they went out and found a couple people um, that had seemingly psychic abilities and studied them and brought in some other people and and not just in this project for remote viewing but all kinds of things there's countless movies and books about yeah. it yeah it's a fun topic yeah so this one just happens to have a lot of evidence to show that it was actually a thing and it actually probably worked on some level nice well so. it's good to get a win every once in a while out of you christian yep this one's provable that's all that matters so in 1975, the CIA determined 
that a large body of reliable experimental evidence points to the inescapable conclusion that extrasensory perception does exist as a real phenomenon. So that's the CIA. And hey, if they said it, it has to be true. Yeah. And you know, they were looking into it. Yeah. And we love the CIA, don't we? Say it. You have to say it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they might be listening. Yay, CIA. Yeah, They're great. After this, the, the military and intelligence services, services wanted a piece of the action. This included the Navy, the Air Force, the Army, including its Intelligence and Security Command, and the, the Development and Readiness Command, both with the Army, the Coast Guard, the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, the NSA, the DEA. And the DIY. Yeah, always the DIY. Yeah, we got Tim the Toolman Taylor back backing us up. U.S. Customs Service, Secret Service, and the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Say, so, say Secret Service again without assigning it a gender. Did I assign it a gender? Yeah, I said secrets. Okay. <laughs> we know you're woke, Christian. I was right? like, how did I, how could you apply a gender to that one? Okay, now I get it. Yeah. Secret Service and the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So, so basically everybody wanted in. Yeah. As you, who wouldn't though? If you hear something like that, you'd be like, uh, yeah, kind of absolutely sign me up right now. Yeah. And this, and this book is tr really fascinating because it goes from the beginning of the programs till past yeah. where it ended. And, and she just has really good connections. That's what I hear. But see, I'm torn. See, I don't know. I, I like her to an extent, but I honestly don't like her take on uh, Roswell or anything like that. Because it's not as fun. No, because it, it just seems weird. It seems like. Well, when you, you look at Roswell, hmm. a perfect, that's a good example. Not Roswell. Um, Roswell was just a part of it. But when she wrote about Roswell, it was in her book on Area 50. Yeah. Which is also a great book. That's what you say. Yeah. It's not going to have a bunch about aliens. Exactly. And that's what the people desire. But what is needed there is the history of Area 51, which would get that place prepared for maybe potential potential aliens. Like all the, the historical information about what was tested out there. The types of aircraft and stuff like that goes up to a certain point and then the information cuts off because then we're getting into present time secrets, but it helps you imagine what's really going on with the aliens there. Yeah. yeah. That and the jets, like how advanced are they? Are they alien tech? You know, she's kind of, she has a lot of connections within the government, the yeah. people that will talk to her. So she's not, I'm sure there's certain things she won't focus on, won't talk about. Most of her stuff, I mean, it's a psychic spy book that she wrote, and it's really fascinating how the whole process went from the beginning to the end. Yeah. Maybe we can get her on the podcast sometime. You can interview her next. That would be amazing. Yeah, you'd, be, you'd have the time of your life, huh? Yeah. Cue the Green Day music again. Yeah, every everybody would love it, too, because she has, like, the, when you listen to our audiobooks yeah. and read the reviews, it's all about the great narrator, and it's her. You know how most people read their own books and it's like, uh, yeah, she probably got that inflated ego then at yeah. this point. She's like, I'm hot shit. I think even Joe Rogan was joking with her about it when he had her on. Oh, really? Yeah, that, that would check out. <laughs> yeah, because of her voice and shit. So uh, later, the remote viewing program would be officially shut, shut down, saying that there were no real results. Well, we, we know what that means. We, yeah. we know that means there was absolutely 100% real definitive results. Exactly. Most will know that the prob program probably went dark, meaning it was hidden from us. 
there's two scenarios with these kind of programs. Either it's a success mm. and they tell you it's not a success. And then, you know, it, it gets funneled by dark money or funded by dark money. Yeah. Or it just, it really is no success and everybody forgets about it. And somebody gets reprimanded for wasting money and time. But do, do they really it. worry about wasting, not to go off on a really wild tangent, but do they really worry about wasting money? Because there's, there's always, that black budget is how, how big is that black budget? Nobody knows. Exactly. But they know it's gigantic. Yeah. But I bet you there's bookkeepers keeping track of it. No, they lost, how, they lost track of how many millions or trillions of dollars recently. And you believe that? Yeah. They didn't lose it. They just, what, pocketed it? <laughs> they said they set it over here and somebody walked in like, oh, look what I just found. And then the deal was sealed. So either way, it's corruption. I got you. It's corruption. It's the, the price of running a superpower. Mm. We don't get to have a superpower without dirty hands. Yeah. Even us citizens are part of that. We can provide some soap to those dirty hands, though. So let's let's work on that, everyone. Let's work on getting these dirty hands some soap. But do people always want to see what's beneath the dirt? Maybe it's something worse. Like clean hands? Yeah, you're right. What a, what a nightmare. Clean hands on an evil person. Mm, should maybe start be, a book of poetry with that. Be careful what you wish for, man. What you wish for. Yeah, I knew this tangent wasn't going to go anywhere. I knew it. I could feel it. I was like, don't bring this up. Don't bring up the black budget. We all know. Everyone listening, they're like, oh, yeah, the black budget. We know, Scott. We know. It's there for a reason. No. We just don't know what it is because it's it's hidden. It's about time you guys realize that Christian is controlled opposition. That's how. That's the bombshell we're dropping on this season now. If I was really controlled, <laughs> we would be doing this full time. Oh, God, that's right, man. Get on it, then. Get in there. I know. I'm, I've been working start, my government contacts. Uh, start getting controlled, man. I'm ready. Annie, I gave your your good your last book a good review on Amazon. Put me in contact with the right people. That's right. Or the wrong people, depending on which side you're on. Hey, for a podcast, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. We will sell out so quick. No, we will bring the people <laughs> what, what they need to hear okay. or want to hear. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that works, too. Then. Yeah. Okay, so we got past the part where we're talking about the dark money. Yeah. Now that we have some background, it's time to talk about Pat Price, the star of the show. Yay! The program had, had been ongoing at Stanford when a talented remote viewer, Ingo Swan, and head of the program at Stanford, Hal Putoff, met Pat Price at a Christmas tree lot where Pat Price worked. Price said he was a fan of their work and he could help them. He set this at a Christmas tree lot? Yeah. They brushed it off as the program was secret. So they're like, what the hell? We don't know what this guy's talking. So that's weird to begin with. So yeah, he starts off the relationship by being like, hey, not not only do I understand that there's a program that I shouldn't know about, but I can help you with said program. Yep. Nice. Yeah, that would catch, that would be, that would like, you know, pique my curiosity just enough for me to let him in. I'd be like, yeah, you did it, you son of a bitch. Get in here. Yeah. Yeah. So now... I'm going to do everybody a favor and let you read for a little bit. Oh, God. They brushed it off as the program was secret. Six months later, out of the blue, put off, received a call from the Xmas tree salesman. I guess, man, you are really against Christ, aren't you? <laughs> you just Xmas. Wow. That's part. That's no, why, why it's would cool. I be? It's cool, man. You hate that's, Jesus. It's fine. That's the beginning Six, of my name, man. I'm all X, for it. Christ. Okay, six months later, out of the blue, put off, received a call from the Christmas tree salesman from Lake Tahoe. That's right, you thought you were going to get away with removing Christmas, but not today, sir. Nope. Not today. 
Uh, Kit Green was overseeing the program for the CIA back east when he had asked when he had asked a colleague in the office whose cover name was Russ to give him coordinates of a place he knew well so he could verify details. Russ picked a vacation home he had and gave the coordinates to Green, who then forwarded the info to put off at Stanford. Ingo Swan, which sounds like a porn actor, began looking into the target. It was a test directed at Swan. Swan would describe what he saw during his remote viewing session. I'm going to turn it this way so I can see it just a little better. Oh, there we go. Would you look at that? I'm like trying to see this tiny ass font. Like, I know I was trying to, tr- I meant to make it bigger and transfer it into notes, but it didn't work again. Swan would describe what he saw during his remote viewing session, saying, quote, There seems to be some sort of mounds and rolling hills. There's a city to the north. This seems to be a strange place, somewhere like the lawns one would find around a military base. But I get the impression that there are either some old bunkers around, or maybe this is a covered reservoir. There must be a flagpole, some highways to the west, possibly a river over to the far east, to the south, more city. The session lasted six minutes. Swan went home and the next day and decided to look at the coordinates from his home. He would sketch and write more description. This was not the way to scientifically view. It would be an issue later. He was able to obtain more details, saying, quote, cliffs to the east, fence to the north. There's a circular building, a tower, buildings to the south, in this, a former Nike base. Nike? Is, yeah, it's a type of missile. Okay. Yeah, we should definitely specify that. Buildings to the south. Is this a former Nike base where they would make basketball shoes and stuff? <laughs> it's a, it's a type of missile that they would use for the nuclear warheads. Mm, so it's not like a child labor farm or anything like that. Right. I right. think it was for nuclear warheads. It was so. Yeah. Nike base dip is different now and usually they're in another country. But gotcha. Back in the, at this time, that's was part of our defense and aggressive weapons. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay, so is it a former Nike base or something like that? There's something strange about this area. He was unsure what to think, but he mentioned that he felt something was underground. The following day, Pat Price called Hal Putoff. There was no reason for Price to call at this time. It was, quote, out of the blue. It had been six months since Putoff and Swan had met Price, the Christmas tree salesman. He was living in Lake Tahoe and said he could help. He was given the coordinates and asked what was at this location. Strange, right? An issue that would later come up was there was that there was an over an issue that would later you write sentences weird and it throws me off. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm like, I know how to read, man. Some of these are real sentences. Some like some of these sentences are mine and some of them are are real sentences. Yeah. An issue that would later come up was that there was oversight, which is extremely important in verifying the accuracy in this process. It took three days for an envelope to get to put off on June 4th. It was postmarked June 2nd. The details would later be declassified by the CIA, and in Jacobson's book, the details were that Price had looked at the location from 1,500 feet above the highest part of the terrain. Saying, quote, On my left forward quadrant is a peak in a chain of mountains, elevation approximately 4,996 feet above sea level. Slopes are grayish, slate covered with a ver- with a variety of broadleaf broadleaf trees vines shrubbery and undergrowth i'm facing three to five degrees west of north there were two paragraphs of info this could have been found in an atlas put off was intrigued by high altitude weather details added to the description 
Price even described the type of clouds at the time. This was 1973, so the weather information wasn't accessible like it is to us now on our smartphones. More from Price, saying, he said, quote, perceived that the peak has large underground storage area. Well, that just screams military base. Yep. Those are what we call dumbs. <laughs> Road comes up backside of mountains, west slopes, fairly well concealed, deliberately so. Would be very hard to detect this facility if flying over the area. Looks like a former missile site, bases for launchers still there. Ingo Swan had also talked about this being a former missile site, saying, quote, area now houses record storage areas, microfilm file cabinets. As you go into the underground area through aluminum rolled up doors, first areas filled with records, etc. Rooms about 100 foot long, four feet wide, 20 foot ceilings with concrete supporting pilasters, flare shaped. Very detailed, right? Yeah, for someone that's just guessing. <laughs> Price was surprisingly Price was surprisingly able to describe the interior of the location. He mentioned the temperature and lighting. It's a little muggy. Yeah. Poor lighting. The facility was operated by the Army Fifth Corps Eng Engineers. A master sergeant, Long, was on a nameplate on the desk. The file cabinets were locked by combo locks with, ste with steel bolts. There were large maps, computers, and communication equipment. The Army Signal Corps were also working in the facility, and, and there were elevators. Put off called Pat Price in Lake Tahoe. He had given better info than Ingo Swan. He requested that Price revisit the location and try to get more details. Put off thought he might be getting set up. It took two days for Pat Price to get back to put off. This may have caused some concern as to why it took this long. When Price called back, he said that he had traveled back to the location in an out-of-body experience. He was able to see two code words, Flytrap and Minerva. But wait, there's more. <laughs> he was also able to see documents on top of a file cabinet. It was labeled Operation Pool Something. Uh, they got really lazy at the end of that operation name. Yeah. The something was unreadable. He, could al he also could see inside the file cabinets and was able to read labels. The labels read cue ball, 14 ball, 8 ball, and rack up. Also seen hay fork and hay stack. So these guys really love pool, huh? Yep. Price could see the names of three individuals, Colonel R.J. Hamilton, Major General George R. Nash, and Major John C. Calhoun. Price was able to give the code name of the site to put off Sugar Grove. Puthoff was puzzled. Puthoff was puzzled. <laughs> the description of the exterior was like Ingo Swan's description. He almost sent the information to Kit Green, but wanted to wait to see what the agency said about Swan's description. Green was given the info provided by Swan. When it was shown to his colleague Russ, Kit remembered him saying something like, quote, what stupid imagery system are you working on? Green remembered, quote, he said none of it was accurate. Russ then told him that it was his summer cabin in Pendleton County, West Virginia, a cabin located in a forest at the end of a dirt road. Green figured there was nothing to remote viewing. What do you think so far? I think it's, I, it still baffles me. Like, I, I'm a believer of everything paranormal, right? I've noticed. Ghosts, all that weird shit, right? Yeah. But the idea that someone can have an out-of-body experience to the point where you are traveling the world and, like, looking in these, like, you're going to secret military bases and you're looking underground and all this. Tell you what, man, that inspires me to want to be able to do that more than anything. I know. Isn't it crazy? But do you think 
that there, if the government was looking into all these things, surely there would be some kind of plan in place that if that you'd be able to like set up a defensive. You would think that there would have to be a defense. Yeah. So they did all this research looking into, surely there's a way that they, they were like, how do we block this off from psychic like energy or psychic waveforms or remote viewers or anything like that and keep people out? Because there's a lot of remote viewers in the world today still, right? right? So surely one of them has yeah. to be into this type of shit. And one of them would be like, oh, I know exactly where to look. Yeah, there's even a remote viewing challenges, I think, on Reddit. Interesting. There's like somebody has the information and then whoever's trying to learn how to remote view or whoever has learned will try to determine the object and they'll see who gets it right and stuff. So it's still going on. I've seen it pop up a lot on TikTok lately. Yeah. I've been following remote viewing since probably the first time I heard about it on Coast to Coast many, many years ago. I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's baffling to me that you can like physically see something outside of your body. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, is it, is it a physical thing? Like, would I, would it be the same as the way I look, look at you right now? Is would I see it physically like this? Like I'm flying above and I would see it almost like I'm just flying through the air or would, is it like a mental thing where you just trust that what you're seeing is this word or. I think, um, as the way it's been described in the different ways I've looked it up, including reading other books on it, hmm. is a lot of times it's just like looking at something, whether you're from above or standing on a hill next to it or something. Or So it's know. not like real time, like flying or something like that. You're just like... They're, you're just there. It's just like an image. That's, that you, get. you get these coordinates and somehow, you know, like I, if somebody gave me the coordinates, I wouldn't know what the hell's going on. But it sounds like when they, especially when they brought in um, different people to learn how to remote view to see if regular people could do it. Because mm. Ingo Swan had some psychic abilities. Um, Russell Targ, another person. Yeah, a lot of them seem to have psychic abilities. But the whole that's kind of useless to the government. What they want to be able to do is train regular people to do people it. or soldiers. Yeah, which is what they would what they did later on. We should take random. We should do an experiment over the summer. Just take a random coordinate from let's say somewhere nearby us like between big lake and wasilla and just focus on that coordinate you all, one of the things they did with these tests when they were researching it is that that's too easy to fake they would basically put these guys in a room they'd have an envelope that somebody in another room or or you know i think they even had a, a faraday cage which blocks um faraday's yeah, whatever that is. I mean, it's supposed to, their theory was it blocked some kind of psychic. So there um, is defense reading. for it. Yeah. Supposedly. Um, yeah, that's so weird, though. That fascinates me. Yeah. So these people would sit inside this, get their targets, and then draw like a little sketch of what they're seeing. Yeah. So. So that's, uh, that's a little more drawn out than me just going to Google Maps and picking some and be like, what do you think's here? Yeah. But you know what we could do instead of that is we could do randonautica or we could go randonauting. What you'd almost have to do to make it scientific hmm. is somebody, one of our listeners would have to send us coordinates. We would have to describe what it looks like uh, without knowing it. There you go. Yeah. We could just, we could spend like the entire summer just thinking about those numbers yeah. and trying to visualize in our head exactly where it is. And then at the end of the summer respect, this is what I think. Yeah. And then they're like, nope, turns out it was a Ralph's. Well, and, and we'll get into it later in the episode, but we'll tell everybody if they want to actually take the course and pay the money. It's out there. Yeah. And it's we, expensive. Yeah. We definitely paid the money. Didn't we Christian to get that course? Yep. 
Yeah, we sure did. If anyone's listening, we got it. Yeah. Just the truthful, honest way. It was a gift. It was. All right. You want me to jump in here? Yeah, you can. So Russ basically just shot down the whole thing saying that's my vacation cabin. None of that shit's there. So Kit Green figure there was nothing to remote viewing. I think I, we might have already read that part, but. Well, kinda... we didn't, but I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Kit Green called Russell Targ and, and we were about to get off the phone when Targ said, that's too bad. The other guy saw the same thing. Kit Green's basically like, what other guy? So Targ told him about Pat Price. So this did not sit right with Green. So he would drive to the cabin with his family that weekend. He found the cabin, Russ's cabin, and the dirt road. He drove a little further down the road and found a secure military facility. Well, would you look at that? It was as described. He had found a highly classified military facility called Naval Radio Station Sugar Grove, run by the NSA, and it was ultra secret. Naval Radio Station? Yep. So I was out like a... They're basically listening to everything coming from other countries. Oh, gotcha. They're not listening to radio stations. They're listening to like the communications coming from other countries. Creepy. Yeah. A little intrusive, guys. But that's also what the other countries are doing to us at this time. Do you think they listen to the Freaky Deaky? They could. Do you think we're on a list somewhere? Probably not. Not at this point. No. We will, though. I mean, I've said some things that are questionable. You are probably, you're probably like getting gold stars left and right. (laughs) I have a couple deep down things that I've dropped on here that should lead people astray if they nice. ever find it. But you got to be careful, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the inside. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to end up on a list as much as I, you know, like bringing this stuff to light. I don't want to ever end up on a list. Yeah. You know, this... where it's like you try to go fly and you're like, oh, come in here so we can probe your asshole. I'm like, well, guys, I just talk on a podcast. Yeah. I think in this case, these, this, this was all like the Navy, the Navy's basically listening to the Soviet Union's military communications and stuff like that. A classified electronic intelligence facility containing classified radar systems and deep space telescopes. And it was down the road from Russ's cabin, a place Russ had no idea was there. And Mm. Russ obviously is a CIA guy too, so. That's down the road from his cabin? Yeah. Yeah, And he had no idea? Nope. How big was this thing? It was like a regular little outpost or a base. I mean, it had storage area, it was underground. Okay, so like had radi- radar ground, dishes. What was above ground? I think the 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 missile bases for the launchers gotcha. and stuff like that, like hmm. what they set the launchers on and stuff. So that seems weird that you'd have no idea it's there. Like I, I know what's down the street. Maybe he just went there to have vaca- vacation. I mean, this is back in like the the seventies too. So gotcha. yeah, it's not people like were could... different. They're like my own business, man. Especially if you're in the CIA. Yeah, you probably weren't even home that much at that time. Yeah, for sure. And you would know. On Monday, Green wrote a report for his superior at the CIA. Tuesday would bring a visit from the CIA's security officers. They were investigating possible treason, a violation of the Espionage Act of 1917. Everything from Price's viewing was correct. So including the file names, the files in the file cabinet. That's just crazy. It's so crazy that, that you can not only be like, close but you can be spot on yeah the name tags of the everybody in there yeah and then you're just doxing people left and right there's this guy there's this guy there's this guy yeah and then the government's like what the hell just happened yeah like they had no like most of the government didn't even know this place existed the cia's investigation is still classified Hmm. but everyone was cleared of wrongdoing and then pat price 
guy that met everybody at the Christmas tree lot, hmm. was added to the SRI remote viewing experiments, which were again at Stanford. Weeks later, when Kit Green met Price, he asked if he'd seen the cabin. Price said, quote, of course I saw the cabin, but you're the, in the intelligence business. You had to be looking at what was down the road. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. Well, his was a little more. A little but better, I mean, but... It, yeah, if you're, if you know that these people are the, in the intelligence business, yeah. you're like, that's cabin, but there's this military base over here. Let me go. And if you have that capability, you'd pop, you'd just drop right in there. And out of all the stories I've heard about remote viewing, including things on the other side of the moon, I think Ingo Swan actually said there's something on the dark side of the moon and mm -hmm. that he's remote viewed it. But do you think he says that because he was jealous that Pat Price was getting all the all the thunder? And he's like, well, no, I can also. Did you? Well, did he see the thing on the dark side of the moon? Did Mr. Pat Price do that shit? That's what I wonder. And they're like, he's like, well, there's no way they're ever going to get over there. And there was, there was another guy that was supposedly in this, you know, with like the Ingo Swans and, and, and those people later on, Ed Dames. And he was on Coast to Coast a lot. And he would always come on and he was like a prepper. Nice. saying that there's going to be a kill shot at around this time. And we still haven't had the, like the electromagnetic pulse that he promised that would destroy governments all over the world. Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, no, and fuck that. I mean, luckily it hasn't happened yet. But well, do we want anarchy, Christian, or do we want to dance around like little puppets? Um, do we strings? want anarchy in the UK? No. No. Do we want anarchy anywhere? No, Pro probably not. No, just better leadership. I think would be good. Yeah, we're more likely to get anarchy. Nice. Well, we're going to go back a little bit in time just to let you know a little bit about Pat Price. Mm. Pat Price was born in Salt Lake City, the ninth of ten children. Damn. See, do you think that's one of those things? Sorry to go off on a tangent real quick, but people that have a lot of kids, do you think they do that because they know one of them is going to be special? Like at least one of these has got to be successful, right? I think in the past or in certain areas, you see people have a lot of kids if there's a high mortality rate. Just so one of them will survive. Yeah. Like one of you guys is going to make it. Yeah. But this, this, in this particular case, I think the fact that his family were devout Mormons helped. That would certainly do it. <laughs> he was 55 years old when he, when he found the Sugar Grove facility. He was a student pilot during World War II. He had been a gold miner, a security guard, a construction worker, a manager at an equipment packing plant. He would marry a nurse, have kids, and live in Burbank, California. He got involved in politics in Burbank. and When he was 50, he joined the Church of Scientology. He said this is where his psych psychic powers were awakened. And where his Mormon beliefs probably trickled off i'd imagine then yeah i think there, you can't be both right well yeah at that point you're probably leaving yeah the, the mormon, mormon church for, yeah huh interesting put off would say that price was liked by all except for ingo swan so you predicted that one i did because i am also a remote viewer of the future yes the psychic that would be it yeah, yeah. Swan had created the idea of remote viewing, and now he was upstaged by Pat Price. In 1973, his contract was up, so he left the program saying California life was not for him. Price was it was now it as far as the CIA was concerned. Oh, so they just dropped Swan. They're like, get yeah. out of here. You're old news. Basically, Swan was like, no, I'm doing my own thing because my contract's up, and I don't like playing second fiddle, especially when I invented the fiddle. Yeah. <laughs> Kit Green ran Price through a bunch of tests. These included physiological, psychological, psychiatric, and intellectual health. We're going to skip through some of the career. 
This began in 1973 or in July of 1975 during a long CIA remote viewing project involving a suspected Libyan terrorism facility. Price died of an apparent heart attack in Las Vegas. Mm. His excuse, his death was an excuse to end the agency's official connection to remote viewing. Two years later, when CIA directors Stansfield Turner, I think he's related to me. I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. Was asked about allegations that the CIA was in, engaged in applied psi, PSI. He said the organization briefly worked with the man who appeared to have some psychic ability, but he died and we haven't heard from him since. Well, yeah, that's kind of the way it works, my guy. Yeah. After his death, things got weird. Weirder, I guess. First, an unidentified person appeared at the hospital with Price's medical file and convinced him that an autopsy was not needed. Okay, definitely checking the boxes on weird. Yep. Price had a history of heart disease and lived in the way of the, of the early 70s, which was generally unhealthy. Fried foods, a lot of beer, saturated fats. Generally unhealthy, but kind of great. Yeah, as long as you were going to die soon. Hmm. put off said that, that many at the time thought that Price was poisoned by the Soviet Union. Yeah. The more things change, the more they remain the same. Yeah, what a cat and mouse game this has been for how many years now? Good God. Yeah, and if you were the Soviet Union and somehow you got word of this guy being able to, you know, in the, and it's not in the story, but at one point he actually was remote viewing the Soviet Union and he saw a crane and he drew a picture of the crane. Mm. And this was like to help with their, their nuclear program, to help build their nuclear program. And he was able to see stuff inside of the facility yeah. that years later was um, published in aviate an aviate I think aviators weekly or something like that. I mean, I mean, big uh, aviators magazine. Yeah. And it was proved correct. And some Russian guys just reading it. He's like, Kakashka. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. So um, a few years after price died, the FBI raided the church of Scientology's office in Los Angeles. Remember he was a member of the church. I guess we don't need, we just read that. So, yeah. you know, you know, he was a member of the church. Yeah. Remember back to three minutes ago when we told you he was yeah. a member of the church. Have you ever seen the Church of Scientology's LA offices? I have. Yeah. I watched the entire Leah Remini. Oh, I've actually been like outside. I went there. My dad was, had a doctor's appointment near there. I wanted to hang out and actually walk around it and see what's going yeah. on. It was yeah, it looks really cool in a way. Uh, yeah. Cause it's science fiction based, man. Of course yeah. it looks cool. Yeah. That's how they get you, Christian. It's not real, man. It's like all the rest. Yeah. Price had been giving officials at the church records from his SRI and CIA research. This was top-level information that should have been secret. He had provided names of different operations and undercover assets. So maybe Pat Price isn't that perfect angel we thought he was. I didn't think he was an angel. I thought he was badass, though. Yeah. And that's all that mattered. But I was like, I don't understand why anybody in the CIA would meet somebody at a Christmas tree lot and then trust them. Yeah. If you're in the spy craft, that's like a major red flag. Yeah. Like, oh, what a chance meeting. Yeah. A program that nobody knows about, but he's like a big fan of. But this guy that also loves Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's There could be, so that would be a fun movie to make. I just picture like, you know, some real like holly jolly song in the background and yeah. people sipping hot chocolate and him just like, hey, for the record. <laughs> Yeah. This chocolate's delicious, but also I can help you. Yeah. I'm a spy. Yeah. You want to destroy Soviet, the Soviet Union? I'll help you. 
All right, after we finish this rendition of the 12 Days of Christmas, let's talk a little bit more about this. On the first, no. <laughs> <laughs> each, each day is a code word. Yeah, there you go. Or a code. The reason for the raid was part of a long investigation in the church's alleged, we always have to use alleged with this church, accessing U.S. government offices and stealing documents. There were plea deals and jail sentences that came from all of this. Was the information he gave in the program handed to him by a spy network inside the U.S. intelligence so he could gain access to secret program? Prior to his death, Pat Price thought he was in danger, according to friends. He made a trip to a friend's prior to his death in Vegas. That was the whole point of going to Vegas, was to get to give his friend some important documents if something should happen to him. When he was walking to the, the desk to check into his hotel room, a man walked into Price. It was a hard collision, and Price felt a sharp pain in his leg. So we're going back in time to the Price when Price's still alive going to Vegas. Yeah, I hope so. Otherwise, it'd be really weird for a man to be walking into him. Yeah, he had that sharp pain in his leg. He thought it might have been stuck with a needle. Now, right here, then, you know you're working for the CIA. Someone bumps into you randomly in a hotel, seems like he meant to, and you feel a sharp pain like somebody stabbed you with a needle. You might want to talk yeah. to somebody. I'd be like, nope, someone get me to the nearest hospital. Yeah. At least call your handlers. Yeah. He, he quickly started feeling sick. It wasn't so bad that he canceled his dinner plans. His dinner plans later that day, still not... It wasn't so bad that he didn't cancel his dinner plans. When he got there, he told his friends about the collision and his concerns for his safety. He told his friends that a few days earlier, he'd been in Washington, D.C. And, and, and had seen someone he slipped something into his coffee. He did not drink it, of course. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the move. You're not going to be like, oh, thanks, stranger. Hopefully this is, what is this? Yeah. A treat? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And of course, this is me saying this. This is probably the time he should have stopped by the hospital to just check on the spot he thought might have been injected by a needle. Yeah. He did not go, and he cut his dinner short and went back to his room to rest. He woke up, woke around 5 a.m. the next morning in duress. He phoned the friend who had given the important papers to, who quickly came to the hotel. So, it being the 70s, the friend was pre preparing to call the doctors, because that's what they did, you know, prior to the 80s, yeah. instead of calling the paramedics. And that's when Price went into convulsions. Paramedics soon arrived and made attempts to save his life, but to no avail, he did. I don't mean to make light of some guy's death, but... He did. Yeah, he did. It's been many a year, Christian. I think you can make light of this death. Yeah, that's true. The info I found makes it seem like insiders believe Pat Price was killed by a hostile foreign nation. Mm. So, in the end, the remarkable skill that Price had shown would become part of the skeptic's story. The question we must ask is, was his talent covered up with the idea he was a spy? Was this a convenient way to send the dangerous and potentially potentially real-life implications of remote viewing underground, covered in the vast, dark places where these type of things go to be forgotten by us simply citizens of the USA? Maybe. Maybe? <laughs> I just went through this whole rigmarole and you're like, maybe yeah, it could be the case. No. I'm like, I believe in the Scott and you're like, maybe, yeah, I guess it could be, I don't know. You just like, I want to chase Christian. I need a chase. You know, I need someone that I need you. And I'm like, okay, I guess. Yeah. If I believe it, you just thought you just like, oh, it must not be yeah. a big deal. If he yeah. believes it, that's usually the way it goes. Like you're what you believe it. No. 
No, sorry, it can't be real. Can't be real. No, but that's that's a crazy. You know what that reminds me of the the whole him. He was kind of paranoid before his death, right? Yeah, like reaching out to friends and stuff and being like, "Yeah, something is not great." Yeah, um, that reminds me of the what was it, McAfee? What's his name? John McAfee? Uh, McAfee. John McAfee. McAfee. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he get? He got something tattooed on his arm, pretty much saying that, like, he didn't kill himself. Yeah. Like before he killed himself. Yeah. Before he quote killed himself. And so, like, I don't know, dude. These and you look at the Epstein thing. You look at everything, man. Like. People think they're really like sly as hell getting away with murdering people, but they're not. There's just, just doesn't get looked into. Well, when you look at like the Russians, they'll straight out poison somebody mm. right in front of everybody. Yeah. I mean, they've done it recently. And here we are, everybody suspecting the Russians of killing Pat Price. But was it the Russians or was it the, the U.S. government? I know? mean. Did they get their way? Were they, they're done with them? Like we learned how to train people to do this. We don't need you. You're a loose end. We're going to you're, snuff you're you. The, let's say you're the, the U.S. government and you find out your star remote viewer is feeding information to the leaders of the Church of Scientology. But was it like, was it definitive proof that he was doing that? They found records from program, from some of his readings, including the names of people and the project. At the Church of Scientology's offices. Which he was a part of at that point, right? So it's almost, yeah. And like, not to dive too deep in the Scientology thing, but they're pretty uh, loyal to their... And it's very important, according to stories, to have your your members in positions of power, which has always been the way religious groups have always, from the beginning of time, have always tried to have their people in strong positions and, you know we could see that this could be possibly the case. And maybe it wasn't a foreign government. If he's spying, you know, especially back then. Hey, it's fair. Yeah. It's fair game at that point. If you're, if you're, if you're taking shit from, from the American government. Yeah. You're not. And they find out about it and you're given that information that is top secret to someone that, you know, I don't know, maybe it's frowned upon by the government itself. They're not going to be too happy with that. Yeah. Using a program that is ultra ultra top secret yeah that people would laugh at because it's so ridiculous but if it's producing results you definitely don't want that information to get out and if you're sharing it with just a regular outside group outside of the government there's no way you can protect that information so the soviet union could get it and once they heard a couple stories about them because at that time the u.s had some some pretty big spies in their system so they could have told the soviets yeah what we were looking into and it was just another arms race this just happened to be a remote viewing arms race between the soviet union and the u.s and there's no real proof that the soviet union was was successful with their program but the u.s heard that they were trying it so the u.s kicked it into high gear and found people yeah i guess my going back to the scientology thing right like if he had given why would he need to give that information to him if he was the remote viewer? Couldn't he just teach them or like do whatever he wanted? Maybe like, I don't the, understand maybe this the... fr- friend he met in Las Vegas mm. to give the papers to. Maybe that was the Scientology guy. Could have been. And it was just his way of. Pre- the stories go that people that work for the CIA get burned a lot, you know, yeah, according to the movies and stuff, or have the potential to get burned, so they have to be able to protect themselves. It's a revolving door, yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's what he was doing, or maybe that's what he thought he was doing. Maybe he wanted to play spy, and he just got in over his head. 
and he was talented at something. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really fishy when you see that he's later sharing this information and talking about it when he's supposed to be working undercover. I mean, look, it obviously it would be hard. It would be a hard thing to keep under wraps. Like if I had this super dope ability and I mean, as it is growing up, I told everyone, every single one of my friends that I saw weird shit to me, it was like a badge of honor. You're like, yeah, you guys are out here eating popcorn, watching the voice or whatever. And your boy is, uh, seeing seeing the demons. Yeah. So I, it was just always something like, so I can't imagine that you'd be able to experience something like that and then be like, you're in cahoots with the CIA, with the U.S. government. They want you to lead this, this pretty much just in this top secret mission. Of course, you're going to be every woman you made at a bar, you're going to be telling that story to. And, and I think we've talked about it on previous episodes, but those bars are where all the fun stories are shared. And also where they send the people to see who's sharing those stories, Mm -hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden. You know, they find a, a fraud like Bob Lazar and he gets fired. And I can't believe you just said a fraud like Bob Lazar. But... <laughs> I, just, I had to take us back to season one. Yeah. But um, classic. But I mean, you, I, you just don't go into bars and stuff like that. You don't share that information if you're working for the CIA, even if you want to. There's plenty of Americans that have worked in the military or undercover police or whatever that are doing a good job. And want to brag about it, but they have to keep it quiet to protect themselves and other people. Yeah, but it's so hard when you got loose lips, you know? And Pat Price might have just been a guy that died. He might just have loose lips. Loose lips sink ships. Yep. What is it? Niches get stitches. Yeah, that is it. Yeah. So at some point, we're going to have to dig a little deeper into remote viewing. Hmm. But as a quick aside, we said where you could find the program. If you go to the Monroe Institute website. Maron. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, they have a program that you can order. So yeah, a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fucking pricey. Yeah. Now they drained our bank accounts when we both paid. For yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> One of the interesting things about the Monroe Institute is once the CIA pushed it, and like I said, we only covered Pat Price for the most part and a little bit of the remote viewing. Yeah. But when the the they were tr- the government was trying to see if they could train normal people to remote view, they actually sent a group of people to the Monroe, Monroe Institute. I believe is in Virginia or something somewhere over there. Hmm. And they, they were learning to, to go through this program and the CIA believes that this program actually works. One of the interesting things about that program or just that I was looking into with the, I haven't gone through a lot of it, but I remember seeing something about like, like healing, um, like healing yourself. Like there's a specific number or something you're supposed to like look or focus on the area that you want. And then you're supposed to repeat this pattern of numbers or something like that. It was like a super weird thing. You're like, wait, what? But having, apparently this shit works. You yeah. Know? Having done a couple of the sesh training sessions, it's like hip, being hypnotized in a way. Yeah. So, and then they have, what is it? The biurinal, biurinal, binaural beats or whatever. Oh, where, yeah. And they have that. So it's, it's fascinating. I'll leave it up to whoever wants to check it out. There's free stuff yeah. on the website. There's, there's different <laughs> ways to listen to some of the stuff. Um, yeah, I think you can even get, there's even an app. I th- yeah, there is an app. I sent it to you. Let, yeah. Since we have the app, just in case somebody wants to check it out, I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. What's the point of those beats, by the way? It's this, somehow it gets into your subconscious is what I understand. To do what though? Like to help you. To get a message to your subconscious that will kind of get past your conscious mind, which is your uh-huh. subconscious is pretty much. You don't control it. It's automatic. It does the right things that's supposed to be done theoretically. Sure. Yeah. 
So if you get the message into there. And say, hey, break all these rules, man. Yeah. Enough with the rules. So the app that this that the Monroe Institute has is called Expand. And, nice. it, and it has some of these things that you like meditations and stuff like that, which if you've listened to the podcast, you've been t- hearing me tell Scott all season that he needs to meditate and have quiet time and mm. shut his mind down. And he refuses to listen to me. Well, it's hard to find the time for quiet time. You make the time. Yeah, that's what I should do. Hey, some people are really good at it. So, you know, yep. maybe I should just take notes. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <You know? laughs> some people take all the time they want, Christian. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. And some people just like float above you and read your file cabinets and get your, your tech secrets, which okay. I'm surprised like crypto investors and people like Nancy Pelosi aren't using remote viewing to see what stocks and currencies to purchase. Just go right into the the uh, people over at Coinbase and be like, all right, what's the next thing you guys are going to list? Because you always get that pump. Yeah. Yeah. That's what our listeners were hoping we do is end the season talking about crypto. It's been a while, guys. It's we won't talk about it. Well, we just mentioned yeah. it, but we won't talk about it because my portfolio is just hurting. You want to talk about Bruno? The Borat guy? No, Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. You haven't heard that yet, have you? Bruno. It's a Disney cartoon. Oh. Encanto. Oh, yeah. I don't. I haven't watched Disney cartoons in quite some time. You will soon. That's what you think. He's going to be watching weird UFO files and shit. <laughs> China would not be happy yeah. with that. Good luck. Only when she's gone. But... If, you, if you guys have talked about Bruno, please send us a message somehow and school Scott on that one because it's actually kind of funny. Sure. It's like part of the meme culture almost, and you don't didn't even catch it. Let some old guy come in here and tell you about it. Yeah, that's exactly why we didn't catch it. <laughs> it wasn't meant for us. So no, that's a that's a good story. I like that one. And we should we should look for some mo- more modern stories that could possibly re- relate to or tie in with with remote viewing and shit, like stuff that was happening today that they may be using remote viewers for or stuff like. We could just constantly be looking on the lookout for these types of stories because I do enjoy hearing anything about out of body experiences, remote viewing, the whole yeah, the whole nine. I think there's a lot out there, so I think we'll come back to it. But that yeah. whole the whole story of them reading inside of that base and seeing the 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 file folders on top of the file cabinet that shouldn't should have been secured anyway. Yeah. But everybody probably like nobody can get in here. Like we're underground, dude. Yeah. Do you see any doors? No. The, but the former Mormon Pat Price got in there. I think they call him a foreman. Um, just a shortened abbreviation. Yeah. yeah well. No, good episode, man. It's a good way to end the season. Yeah. And I, I don't want you crying at, at the I'm end sorry, of the season guys, again, just, man. I have to tell you this. No. Yeah. I'm tired. Been doing this for a long time. Yep. <laughs> doing this for pretty much two years straight. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not going to stop next week because, you know, it's the end of the season. You guys know the drill after, if you were around for the first season, you know, after the season ends, we release summer break. And that is for this year, it's going to be 15 straight, e- straight years, 15 straight years of summer content. No. 15 straight weeks of shorter episodes diving into topics that we you know normally wouldn't touch on with the normal season episodes and not really going as deep it's really just kind of having a fun time discussions whatnot and uh we're gonna be dropping some videos on youtube gonna be the the whole nine guys we got it all planned out it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a real treat we've technically recorded some of the episodes already just to get ready for having a child and throwing that into the wheelhouse now we're already thinking about topics for next season so if you have something that you would like us to look into now's a good time to let us know i mean john d was purely from sheila yeah she suggested it we had fun with it 
So if you have a suggestion, yeah, let us know. We try to keep track of them and we aren't that big yet. So send your suggestion and there's a good chance you might get something mentioned. And if not, just to tell us that we're weird. Scott's weird. I'm normal. Yeah. Sorry. Should have specified that. Yeah. Yeah. But again, thanks to everyone that has tuned in over the, over the year. It's helped us spread the word around. Next week, we are starting off summer break with an interesting episode talking about skeptics on the verge. And that is stories from former skeptics that made them believe. My story is not in there. Not yet. it hasn't happened yet. Not yet. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun, fun summer we got planned. Again, subscribe to YouTube. Follow on social media. Comment what your favorite episode of the season has been. Uh, season two has been filled with a lot of fun episodes. We kind of branched out and did some shit that we didn't do in the first season. We're like, oh, let's try this out. And surprisingly enough, everything has worked. You know, we've been very happy with the results of everything. And we are super excited to see what season three holds next October. In the meantime, you guys have 15 straight weeks of summer coming at you hot. So buckle up. And, scorching uh, hot. Scorching hot. That's right. Christian, like, any, like, any final words to close out the season? I do not have any final words. You didn't think of anything profound for our listeners to, uh, to send I, them off on season I two? Mean, they mm. listen to my profound statements constantly. Mm. The ones you shoot down all the time and say it's crazy. Yeah. When, like, if I come up with a theory of something, why is it? why do you accept everybody else's theory and you just like, whatever, crazy man, when I come uh, up with one? Well, because most of the time years are weird. And not weird, oh, not, weird, not weird in the good sense. Where we it's talk like, about Bigfoot. We do talk about Bigfoot. Everything is weird here. Then maybe your theories aren't weird enough, Christian. How's that? You do like you remember that? talking about Todd C's? That was weird. It was weird. It was weird being reached out to by a family member of yeah. Todd C's. So yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. But uh, and the weird's just gonna keep coming, guys. You know it. That's what we're here for. We live and die by the weird. We're gonna talk about the weird till it's normal. And if you guys have ideas for YouTube shorts that aren't podcast related, like if you want to look, us to look into specific stories, we're starting to do some of the um, unexplained shorts that we did, like Man from Tar Ed and Corvina Incident, that type of stuff. We're starting to work on those again now that the season is wrapped up. Summer break is going to be wrapped up, at least on our end. We can start producing some some more videos and different uh, short films, if you will, about different stories. So if, if there's stories that you've heard that have piqued your curiosity and you'd like to hear our take on it, send them over. You know exactly where to send them. The email is thegang at thefreakydeaky.com. Send your stories. We'll do reaction videos to that stuff, too. Anything you guys want, we are your puppets. Use us as you will. First story will be Ouija and the Newborn. And that is exactly how this podcast ended. This was the last episode. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> the end. Thank you again. Have a great summer. We will see you in October for season three and also next week for summer break. Goodbye. Play the reggae. That was a man playing the bass. I know that was probably the weirdest shape I could do for bass, but it worked. Uh-huh.
wrong.